John, I'm on. I'm on new Skype. This is this is what this is going oh, to. Oh, so that's to, why you were. That's why you were not here last week. Yes, that was the. It's taken eleven days for me <laughs> to get used to new Skype. Um, yeah. And even as I'm saying this, I'm watching Call Recorder, and it's doing this thing where it goes to one second and then back to zero seconds. So that's that's great. I have no idea if that's <laughs> recording or not. Uh, fortunately, mm. I think I have a backup here. Hopefully, it's working. Otherwise, today is even more of a disaster than I had anticipated. <laughs> Dan, let me let me just float an idea to you. Yeah, record with eight different machines. Oh man, and it's also just like like do what I do. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I think there's something to be said for, like, once you find a system that's working, just leave it. Well, I did, and then I upgraded Skype, and that was clearly a mistake. Well, that's... <laughs> I actually also can't even stop the call recorder yeah. happening now. It just keeps blinking on, so this is going yeah. real great. Well, so I, well, I, I can't... I've explained this on at least one, one of these shows, but I'm recording uh, on two machines, and I've... Uh, the one that I now have... Um, doing the the major the the recording that you will probably end up using unless something goes wrong is a 2006 <laughs> MacBook uh, recording with Audio Hijack Pro 2 I believe like uh you know something that's several versions old because uh the current version of Audio Hijack will not run on yeah right, Audio Hijack right. 2 and what is this this is running this machine is running 1075 all right late breaking news i it was actually <laughs> making the call skip a little bit so i had to kill it from activity monitor so we're going we're going to audio hijack only today oh nice no net <laughs> oh god i should have stayed in fucking mexico <laughs> <laughs> you had to go to another country to update skype yeah I mean, once, once I updated Skype, I decided to flee the country is actually how it works. <laughs> I'm not convinced. You had, boot, uh, you had to get a bootleg copy of Skype. Yeah, I'm not convinced that was wrong. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. This show is already an unmitigated disaster, and we're only three minutes in. <sighs> You'll hardly notice I'm here. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I hardly ever do. <laughs> we're professional podcasters, everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. It is my first rodeo. I came back for this right. shit. That's what you're telling me? That's right. That's, what That's you're exactly what we're this talking. This is what you're pulling. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Welcome back, right. Dan. It's good to. It's, no, it's not. I'm not going to lie to you. I this respect is, you too this much. This is how we do things in the United States now. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I left in the first place? It's just yeah, right. It's just one shit show after another. Oh my god. Yeah. So I was saying, new Skype, real winner. Uh, really loving it. It really wanted me to go on video with you guys, and I had to think about it for a minute. That would have not added anything, and perhaps no, would have detracted a little bit. <laughs> we didn't. We never wow. did that. We did it. Lex and I, I think we did it on the other show for like once, right? Once was and yeah. Once was enough. Yeah, decided so we, it was it was distracting and annoying. The idea being like, hey, if you can see that somebody's getting ready to start talking, I will say that uh, you know when we do shows in house here, where it's like a celebrity interviewing another celebrity, they love having the video so they can see each other's like body language or whatever. But mm. overall, I think it's super weird and awkward i think it'll yeah, be good what about when it's augmented reality and like it looks like the other person <laughs> is sitting there rather than you're staring into a screen oh so we could do it with an emoji Ooh, there's an idea <laughs> i mean theoretically yeah, we could. i mean we literally could do yeah, that, nothing right? nothing stops us from doing a facetime call and recording the show which i think i floated as an option at some point 
Um, yeah. But the downside being that there isn't a currently functional version of Call Recorder for FaceTime on mm-hmm. uh, Mojave. Right. So, yeah, but you have to resort to some other some other piece of software. I mean, that, there's plenty of software. We could make it work if we really wanted to. Yeah, but that requires change. How many machines? How many machines that requires from John? But you know, I'm going to need four more machines. <laughs> it's not in our budget. <laughs> Our budget is very wait, low. Wait, wait, wait. We have a budget. It's about five dollars <laughs> for the year. Did for you the guys? Year. Uh, I was unaware of this. Yeah, five dollars for the year. I've already blown it all on Doritos. <laughs> you went to Mexico. Um, you went to Mexico and you bought Doritos. Let me tell you. Okay, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Uh, we, I actually did not eat this, but I, I was made to watch a video about it before I went. Have you heard of Dory Locos? No. no. Okay. Dory Locos is a thing, and this is. I saw. I did see a, a stand selling them. Um, essentially, what it is is they take a bag. You buy a bag like of Doritos, and they just put a lot of shit in it, like sauce and like it's, it's almost like nachos in a bag. But they oh put God. weird shit in there too, including like gummy bears. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, it's very strange. My fiance was really like wanted to try it, but I was like, maybe that's not our move on like day two. Does it- <laughs> Does it translate to the devil's checks mix? <laughs> uh, I think it's just crazy Doritos, basically, but it may also include the fish Dory from Finding Nemo. That, that, that could be in there. Maybe one yeah. lucky bag gets that. I think, yeah, <laughs> a dead Dory. <laughs> You're the winner. <laughs> it's the worst lottery ever. <laughs> So do we have to talk about technology at some point in this in this Did podcast? you guys see the uh, the story from Apple about uh, their best of 2018? Uh, I saw that it was posted. I did not look at it. Do I get what, what, what Do I need to me? know Apple's Apple's opinion yeah. about their best products? Do I, do I, I thought care? that's what we did. Yeah, that's that's our job. They're taking food. Out, they're taking door <laughs> right, logos they're, out of our mouths. <laughs> they're taking away American jobs. Listen, uh, when Apple does picks, the world listens. But uh, is this just going to be because something app- you make is on that list? <laughs> no, not at all. The app trend of the year is self-care, which I found highly amusing for some reason. <laughs> that, but when you look at the... Uh, also, the game trend of the year is Battle Royale-style gaming. I don't even know what that means. It's but Fortnite, Fortnite, basically. The, yeah, the right. apps of the year... Frogopedia is one for the iPad, which is augmented reality or virtual reality of, I think, frog dissection. <laughs> and uh, I would say Apple has not yet given up its hope that... that augmented reality is the thing that we're all going to get into because that's the app of the year on the ipad and there is no way in my mind that virtual reality frog dissection is actually the app of the year but apple says so so there you go we did not make <laughs> See, that's my point of the year okay so so we need to we only need to discuss it in as much as we need to ridicule it mm-hmm. I, well okay what is, are you suggesting that if we did more frog dissections on this show we could have made that list <laughs> That's exactly what I'm suggesting, Dan. I, I don't know. It sounds like a winner to me. How many more frog dissections can we do on this show? <laughs> uh, yeah, you would have thought we hit our limit already, but exactly. I, I, you may interest you the to fro- know the frog people are very angry with us. As a child, I had a pet frog, which I did not dissect, uh, but it lived for. You did you I had did, a pet frog? I had a pet frog. So when I was a kid, maybe you know, Lex, you being of a similar age to me, I don't know if you ever ran across these, but. There was this thing for a while in the late 80s, maybe early 90s, too, called Grow a Frog, where essentially you sent away and they sent you like a tadpole. Like it literally came in like, I I remember vividly, like a styrofoam cup, almost like a large styrofoam cup. They sent it through the mail. You got a tadpole and like a little aquarium to start off with, and your tadpole would eventually grow into a frog. And 
these frogs i there's no way a that these frogs were very healthy i think mine had several tumors um but <laughs> a lot of my friends you know like a people i knew had them and they would like you know they'd live like a year or two or something mine lived for i think something like 11 to 13 years <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, it lived a long freaking time to the point where it died when I was in college, uh, and I think it died in college because I, <laughs> wow. I left it at home, and I think my mom got sick of taking care of it. Oh um, no! And, and no, I think I think she what took was the frog's yeah, name. Like I think I think eleven years is pretty long for a it frog. was a long <laughs> fucking time. The frog's name was. Let's not let's not overblame your mom. The, no, no, no. That, that frog well outlived. Like I want this to be a pun name so much, I'm dying. It, the frog's name was Gilly. <laughs> okay so i'm not far <laughs> off yeah, close yeah. i mean you know, and the frogs were aqu- these were aquatic frogs specifically so they basically lived in like an aquarium not in like a terrarium so just water um that frog is i believe buried beneath the window of my childhood bedroom <laughs> where it's <laughs> did where you bury you listen, it or did your mom bury it my mother buried it because i was not i was away at school D- but if you listen very closely on a quiet night you can still hear it riveting <laughs> Sorry, that was a riveting story, I know. But uh, Oh my god. <laughs> so there you go. Uh that yeah, so that was the only pet I ever had. Um and it, people tune in for the frog content. It was not it That's was not why. like the most cuddly of pets, I'll have to admit. But I also felt like if they had ever asked us to do a frog dissection in, in school, which they did not, uh, I would have begged off on like <laughs> some sort of uh bringing bringing one in from home yeah well no yeah. i just felt like that would have been on un- like an unlike ethical grounds like i would not have felt comfortable with that you couldn't have oh you couldn't have yeah, done it to another frog have you know yeah as a frog I w- owner i would have felt really bad i was a conscientious objector mm. so my my primary objections to apple's list apple presents the best of 2018 which i saw in the apple news app or one the list is super bizarre especially for like apps i'm actually okay with their podcast selections but the in apple news Everything is a link. Like the iPad game of the year is Goro Goa or something, which I have no idea what that is. And I have to click on it like six times to make anything work. I don't know what the deal is, but the Apple News links barely work. And then like you can really only see Apple's showcase of the top things in all the categories in the App Store apps and or in iTunes. And that's a really lousy experience, like browsing the clearly web pages that make up the here what we think are the best of podcasts like if you click into a thing and then go back it doesn't take you to the right it's like it just sucks i don't know if you have spent a lot of experience uh, spent a lot of time navigating the pages of the app store or the itunes store when you're reading stuff but it sucks so that's all their list is unusual and amusing mm. and navigating it in the itunes app is not fun all right good to know yeah i uh i have not i'll have to look at it at some point but if we've already discussed it for the show i don't even know why i would bother <laughs> <laughs> i'm a bad person is what i'm saying for the frog content ah, okay well hold on <laughs> now you're selling me let's go take a mm-hmm. look everybody mm-hmm. i think people listen for two things to the show i think they listen for the frog content and to find out about great products and services they should explore yeah that's probably it yeah that sounds reasonable that's all <laughs> guys i'm not gonna lie to you there is no excuse there's no longer any excuse for wearing an ill-fitting suit because indochino north america's leading made to measure menswear company makes suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort just visit a showroom and have a stylist take your measurements personally or you can measure at home yourself that's what i did and shop online at indochino.com then choose your fabric and design customizations like your lapel lining pockets buttons and monogram and relax while your suit gets professionally tailored and mailed to you in just a couple of weeks. 
I own an Indochino suit. You all know this. I look freaking fantastic in it. I liked it so much, I bought one. Because they did give me one, and then I bought one. I bought it. I like it that much. Uh, I have one that's in a light gray and one that's in a dark gray, and I just, I'm a fan. Uh, this week, our listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $359 at Indochino.com when you enter the code REBOUND at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit, plus shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code REBOUND, to get any premium suit for just $359 and free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. You don't say. I do. I do say. Oh, good. I actually want to talk about a story that I believe, Lex, you sent us last week. Oh, yes. Let's do this because I'm thinking about it a lot. Oh, yeah. Me too. Okay. So this is the news that Apple Music will apparently launch on the Echo devices oh, yeah. uh, in the middle of this month. And that has me this wondering. This is the thing that will get molts to get an Echo device. <laughs> nope. Yeah, that's what I figured. I figured that that was how this would play out. <laughs> nope. Uh, but it has got me wondering if I should make the switch from Amazon Music to Apple Music. So Apple Music's like a little more expensive. I mean, I think because the basic Amazon Music Unlimited plan is like eight bucks a month, and I think Apple Music is ten. Um, right for a for a single for a single account. account yes. yes. Their cat. I don't know how different their catalogs are right now. I assume that they're pretty close. Uh, I do know that some stuff that was on Amazon Music, like that I was listening to, I've, I've like a couple albums have disappeared there recently, and I was wondering if there were like licensing shenanigans or whatever going on. Um, I don't know. I don't have access to the Apple Music database, so I don't know if that's like stuff that's the, that's exclusive to Apple Music or whatever. But obviously, you it, send it, you send it to me. I'll let you know. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll run a we'll run a comparison. <laughs> obviously, for my money, the catalogs are very similar. Yeah, I would assume so. Uh, I do the family membership, which I think is 15 bucks a month on both services or thereabouts. And uh, last time I switched, I had to do it. I, I recreated all of our playlists by hand because the family had playlists and they didn't want to be switching from Rhapsody to Amazon Music. Um, but I had my reasons. <laughs> and uh, that process of manually recreating everybody's playlist sucked. After I did it, I found out that there are various third-party apps that people make to do this. And so if I make the switch, I intend to do it this, this time around. However... I was on an episode of the Secret Six Colors podcast with Jason Snell filling in for Dan Moore. Never heard of it. And I <laughs> talked to Jason. Jason's advice was to wait. Jason, who was a happy Apple Music subscriber, said I should wait and see what the Echo integration is like. Because in articles, they say that it's like, tell Apple yes. Music to play this song. This is my hesitation and as well. My assumption is it won't be that way because that is awful, unless Apple really feels they need the in-home branding every time you talk to it. But... If that is how it works, then no way. But if it like works the way Spotify does, then I'm yeah, I, I would think Apple would want it to work like the other way the other services do, which is to say yeah. it's just the default because they want people to use it. And exactly, if you're not gonna you're not gonna use it if you have to do that huge convoluted like uh, you know uh, query every single time. And in in you know to your point, Lex, like you said, my understanding is the way it works now. And I've only used Amazon Music, so I haven't used like other third party services with it. Is that you set a default service? And then it just tries to play from that first, right? Correct. Yeah. So I assume it will just appear as another third-party service in there. I can't. I don't know why you would want it done any differently than that because that would. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent That would suck, and that would keep me from switching because it is stupid and inconvenient. But you know, on the other side, like the reason I'm considering switching is because Amazon Music is totally fine. I have no problems with it, but it is a pain on my iOS devices to have to maintain both Apple Music and amazon like because for stuff that i've like bought from itunes or my old itunes library mm. as to me the only reason i would switch i guess there's two reasons i would consider making the switch one is 
So you can just trigger Siri to play songs on iOS devices, which feels convenient to me. Because like uh, the Echo integration in the app works really, really well, but you have to have the app open. And so in my car, right. if I'm using Bluetooth tools in the music in my car, I have to keep my phone awake on the Amazon Music app, app yep. so that I can talk to it. Uh, so I like that. And then too is I guess you also get access to whatever weird shows Apple makes. And I, I don't like, <laughs> even if I'm never going to watch them, I don't like that I don't have access to them. Now, I was also wondering though, if Moltz plans to switch away from Apple Music because he's so angry that they're integrating with Alexa. <laughs> no. The spite switch. No. That does not make me angry. That makes me happy. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. <laughs> Who likes anybody when they're angry? I, I also saw along the... Get over yourself, Bruce Banner. <laughs> I also... <laughs> I also like that uh, I, I saw at the same time that it sounded like Apple was also finally expanding Apple Music um, to Android tablets. I guess there hadn't right. been an Android tablet app before, just an Android yeah. phone app. So that kind of all sounds to me like just, you know, a another major push for them into supporting stuff beyond just Apple's ecosystem, which also makes sense given that they're kind of with this whole thing recently about like iPhone sales slowing down and not reporting unit sales and all this jazz. Uh, you know, they've been pushing services very, very heavily. And if you want to get people to invest in services, then, you know, you need to have your service available on the platforms people are using. So it seems to me like it's sort of a covering your bases approach of like, well, you know, obviously we still make the bulk of our money for iPhones. That's not changing anytime soon. But if we want to expand our services marketplace, we need to be able to appeal to other customers as well. Right. I would say to me, what it looks like is Apple hates being number two. Um, I'm not even kidding, but like Spotify is still bigger. And I think that by being ubiquitous, you have your best chance of dethroning them. And Apple would love to put out that announcement that they are now the biggest music streaming provider. And I think they're now doing what it takes to get there. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Interesting choice. And then, and then Eddie Q retires. Yes. Well, if that's the end goal, that's a goal I can get behind. Wasn't there wasn't there talk that he was going to retire? I know that they were talking about throwing a big party to celebrate Eddie, and they were going to call it the Eddie Q Ball. <laughs> Come back, came back, I came back. God, to this. Why did why did you go so far? <laughs> Just, I, I feel it's like you're, it's I like you're driving across Midtown in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I do the show for the ego boost. <laughs> <laughs> so do we, should we, we talk about Tumblr now? Oh um, my god! Because we talked a little bit about the uh, about iTunes and Apple Music, and so so Tumblr, the app, was kicked off the App Store for uh, because people were able to find child pornography on the app, is my understanding. And so Verizon slash Tumblr went back and considered their options and decided this would be a good opportunity to get all the porn <laughs> off of Tumblr completely. Yeah. I... And, and use, I mean, to me, it seems like they're using this as an excuse. Like, this is something that Verizon has wanted to do since they bought Tumblr. Oh, sure. I, I'm sure that they would love to do that. But I think I'm curious to see how much this backfires. Because there have already been, you know, a lot of people very upset about this, and in part for several different reasons, right? Like, there are certain... One, they love porn. Yeah, that, that's a big one. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, there are several communities that use, like, I saw people who I know posting who are in the, the trans community, sort of, like, that this there are communities within Tumblr where they feel like these are safe spaces for them, and this is them, uh, you know, enables them to share and congregate, etc., like that. But a lot of that stuff often gets swept up alongside mm -hmm. pornography 
uh, right. and that eliminates you know safer spaces for them. Uh, there are obviously a lot of people who believe that you know pornography is just another aspect of life, and you shouldn't like judge people for it. Like I, I definitely get that. Like it's obviously it's Tumblr's prerogative if they want to well do that, but I, yeah. I don't. I think it's going to blow up in their faces. <laughs> in in tumblr verizon's faces i think yeah well i i mean that's and i think i think it's clear that verizon just doesn't care like they don't care about they don't care about tumblr they don't care they i mean they're probably wondering why they bought it in the first place and would not even care if it died as were everybody else when they bought it um yes but i have to imagine that they know that the porn change wouldn't kill it otherwise you would just say we're shutting it down Right, like, why keep it if you intend to kill it slowly? I don't think that makes any sense. So they have to. Ima- I have to imagine the porn is not a biggest percentage of it, or so well, they think. I mean, you know, yeah. that well, that, they should. I mean, they should have an idea of that. <laughs> yeah, that one guy whose You'd job think. is to I like, mean, all right, all right, Jimmy, how much, how much porn? What's the percentage of porn out there today? <laughs> let me read all of Tumblr, and I will get right back to you. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> um, you know, I saw people comparing this. I guess Live Journal made a similar sweep years ago, and like a lot of people people like in communities left there for tumblr so i assume they'll just migrate someplace else but like i don't know yeah on the, on the other hand like you know porn does good business like gets a lot of eyeballs i know right. i'm being very delicate about how i'm putting this but um well and that's that's to me that's why i think they just don't care about tumblr because otherwise why, I mean, why wouldn't they just want as many people on it as possible yeah, I think that the big difficulty and not give a crap about the, the big difficulty they have here, and and I you know let's compare this to the way Apple has handled certain things, right? Like Apple had a community that was founded on having you know essentially their approval on everything, and so they you know they had like a whitelist approach, right? Whereas right. you know Tumblr and other web based communities, a lot of them operate more on a blacklist approach, where it's like get rid of the stuff that mm-hmm. we don't like, but Essentially, you have free reign to post anything until we, you know, get complaints and then we'll take stuff down. It's a lot harder to reel that in than it is to go in the other direction and sort of loosen your strictures up, right? Like, it's a lot easier for Apple to say, like, all right, we're going to, you know, maybe we're going to allow certain content that we didn't allow before, but we're going to, like, treat it on a case-by-case basis or what have you. Uh, That's a lot easier technologically and politically than going in the other direction, presumably. Yeah. Right. Um, because then, you know, and I've seen, you know, people have been posting images too about like, I guess Tumblr has rolled out like a, a tool that lets you like alerts you if you have images on your site that it considers problematic and the false positives on it are hilarious. Uh, Sexy. Uh, someone like I saw somebody posting a picture of uh, a vase. <laughs> It's just that set it off. Apparently, it's like that's an attractive Oz, but <laughs> here's here's what I would recommend. This is, and I'm just thinking outside the box right now. Uh, I'm actually also thinking inside a box, which is a legacy box. But <laughs> you could print out all the photos. Oh, if you got if you've got old photos, old videos. I want to talk to you about Legacy Box, our other supporter today. They are the world's largest, most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos. Uh, both Dan Morton and I have used. Uh, legacy box i sent them a bunch of old movies we made at uh, summer camp when i was the video guy there and boatloads of just shoe boxes worth of photos and uh they sent me back everything on usb sticks uh which i freaking love because now i have you know my mom's version of digitizing photos has been using her phone to take photos of them <laughs> and photos of photos <laughs> not great 
Uh, it's like that really bad multiplicity uh, Michael Keaton dub of a dub thing. You don't want that. But using the actual digitization digitalization of these things where it's a company that knows what you're doing, like Legacy Box, it works out great. Dan, you had a good experience, yeah? I did. Uh, it was very easy to use. It was super like stress-free, which was really nice. Like I basically just uh, put a bunch of um, put a bunch of photos in little Ziploc bags, stuck my little label on them. I sent them in... Um, some old uh, film as well and some old videotapes and they digitized those right up and gave me a, uh, a link even online that I could just go and download them, which was super convenient mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. So save your family films and photos from degrading or being lost forever. All you have to do is send in your legacy box filled with old home movies and pictures. Then they'll professionally digitize your moments onto a thumb drive, digital download, or DVD. And send all your original recorded moments back along with the perfectly preserved digital copies. It will give you peace of mind and a great sense of accomplishment. Better yet, it will ensure your family history is preserved forever. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, they're offering our listeners an exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com slash rebound to get 40% off your first order. That's LegacyBox.com slash rebound to save 40% today. Get started preserving your past, please. <laughs> so do, we, uh, do you want to segue into talking, because it's kind of related, do you want to segue into talking about the Tim Cook speech the other day? Hmm. Uh, where he was speaking at the he I guess he got a, an award from the Anti-Defamation League, which is uh, a league that, you know, an organization that fights anti-Semitism predominantly. Um, and he specifically like sort of called out uh, people who have no place on Apple's platform, um, including like music with a history of white supremacy, for example. Uh, this has been surprisingly contentious. <laughs> I don't quite understand why. Yeah. Right. Do we want to name names? <laughs> I, I don't know that we need to get into that. We okay. can. I mean, <laughs> I will say I sent a tweet to earlier to uh, to John Moltz and our friend and uh, alumni of this podcast, Guy English, about uh, a certain very prominent uh, internet personality who wrote that, like, yeah, white supremacy is bad, but corporate silos are worse. And I was like, I don't think you should have said that. That was I think he, really yeah, dumb. I think he did not mean to say it that way. Oh, it, but, but yeah, that is, but that is literally, literally what, what he said. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't like, actually think that's true. <laughs> corporate silos are worse. I don't even know what that means. Who's, who is he attacking in that tweet? I think he's saying essentially Apple. that like Apple shouldn't be like, it's worse for Apple to censor these things and like basically i don't even know the cor- corporate silos i can't tell if he's just attacking things that are not quote unquote the open web uh because that is kind of who this person is um yeah and to me that's insane <laughs> like that's just straight up insane if you're just like yeah white supremacy is bad but you know what's really bad is like proprietary technology i'm gonna say no on that one what's really bad is closed source software yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah oh man that's the real nazism oh. uh, uh, i might leave the country again <laughs> now i'm searching for corporate silos white supremacy to find the tweet <laughs> oh man i'm curious what else you're gonna find uh I'll, I'll send you the link it's uh yeah it's a real winner 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was impressed by Tim Cook taking a stand, and he said he was like, "There's no room for for hateful people on our platform." He was also saying on their social networks, "I feel like Apple's back down to zero social networks right now, right?" Yeah, like there's there's no Apple Music world. I anymore. mean, there, there might be one that nobody's on, but is that gone? I don't know if it is. Uh, yeah, it's effectively it. gone. I mean, I know I've never I haven't looked at. It. I I even like removed it from from view and on all my de- devices just because I had absolutely no interest in. And looking at it, oh, yeah, so. I've had that off from day one. Yeah, it's dead to me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was the thing I was wondering is like, well, where exactly are they keeping them off? But I guess the yeah, I mean, so the music, yeah, uh, presumably the they're definitely not on ping. <laughs> they're not. Well, on ping I mean, I no think they also ping. specifically were sort of taking shots at like the Infowars stuff, right? They're moving Alex Jones from the platform from podcasts mm. and that. Right. So, yep. yep. I don't know what the current status of like the NRA stuff is, which we've talked about in the past. Like, I don't know if that's oh, yeah, still right. available or not. Um, and you know, some of it, it, what I, I understand people getting frustrated with the idea. First of all, let's be clear about a couple things like term wise. This isn't censorship. This is not how that is. That is a, th- a word that people throw around a lot that they don't really understand what it means. Uh, <laughs> censorship is by, you know, the authorities, the government essentially telling right. you not to do things. Apple's a private company. It can have whatever it wants or take off whatever it wants. It's just, it can, that is its right. Um, so it doesn't have to you know, allow anybody a platform. So set that aside for a second. I can understand that there are people who get angry about these things, but if you're Apple, you're likely getting it from both sides, right? You're likely getting people who are really annoyed that, that like, oh, these views are being censored. And then there are people who get annoyed that Apple doesn't go far enough in removing things from its platform. And so if you're Apple, you got to take a stand somewhere and it's, you know, I can understand wanting to take that stand on the side of, we're going to be aggressive policing these things and take them off because that is more consistent with our values. Um, that's again, totally fine. That is their right as this, as this platform. And there is a, perhaps another conversation to be had about how powerful all these technology companies are in our daily lives. But yeah, I don't know. They, they, again, they're allowed to do whatever they want within, within reason. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on their own, on their own platform. Yes, exactly. Uh, And I don't mean like they can, you know, Tim Cook, uh, basically dissecting frogs everywhere. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess he could. Guess nothing's stopping him. I'm sure he does sometimes. Just like for kicks. Yeah, wouldn't you? I mean, no. I think we've covered this. <laughs> do you? Do I need oh, to tell gosh. you the story about my pet frog again? I was hoping to hear it just one more time. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so riveting. I think is what you said. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> do you guys use? Uh, do you guys use Hazel? I feel like we've literally just to change the subject a little bit. We, we've we've gone I know we've talked about I, Nazis, but do you guys use Hazel? Because you know, oh, you know. I, speaking of the tech world, and not Hazel, because we've already covered that. I I finally joined the ranks of you two. YouTube, you two, the two of you. I I got a Nintendo Switch for my birthday. Oh, oh yeah, welcome, yeah, yeah. welcome. Yeah, thank you. I will tell you, I am incredibly impressed by the team at Jackbox Games and uh, the way they are doing their things these days. Yeah, because they deploy on like every platform known to man. Well, the the brilliance of what they're doing is where uh, Jackbox Games makes uh, party pack style games. They are the original makers of You Don't Know Jack, and they make that game along with lots of other kind of party games for families and for adults. And uh, But instead of using controllers, uh, everybody plays on a device of their own. So it could even be a computer, but it's typically like an iPhone, iPad, other smartphone. And it's very cleverly implemented. And it's... Uh, 
the whole family and friends had a lot of fun playing Jackbox games uh, in the week or so since I got the Switch. I've been very impressed. My only sadness about the Jackbox games, and this is, you know, totally reasonable and I understand, uh, but my only sadness is I've bought them all on my Xbox and I wish that I could have them in a portable form as well without rebuying them. But yeah, I know that's that's business. I understand. It would just be, it makes me a little sad. It's like, oh man, I would love to take these on vacation, you know, when I go see my family or go, you know, hang out with friends or whatever. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm too cheap to go and rebuy them all for the switch or the Apple TV or whatever. But other than that, I agree with you. My They're struggle awesome. is figuring out which ones to buy. I started with five and I was blown away by how much I liked it. And so I'm like, what else should I buy? And I don't know. I think I own <laughs> I all, but the most recent one. Okay. All right. So maybe that's a good one to get for Christmas for, for me. You're gonna get me a Christmas no. present? No, neither of you. Certainly not Lex. He already has it. <laughs> what about <laughs> yeah, get him another one. <laughs> What I was realizing is, because of the way those games work, you could set up a FaceTime and play with people all around the country. Well, in fact, we've, and, and over at The Incomparable, we have played them uh, and, like, broadcasted live as we're playing them. And that way, because you can get an audience to come in as well. So we've, like, streamed them yes. and had Incomparable members come in and, like, often either play along or just, you know, watch. And it's a lot of fun, I have to say. I've, I've really enjoyed playing it online. It's usually quite a kick. Yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed by those guys and all those things they do. And they're also a lot of the people who work there, or a lot of people who work on Magic Tavern also work in Jackbox games, which is a fun little Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's yep. right. Yeah, you watch the credits and then, hey, there's Arnie Camp and there's Evan Jakover and Ryan, yeah. all the names you hear in the credits and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's Usador. And- <laughs> <laughs> wow, his credit is really long. <laughs> and Chet. Chun. Chet. One of those things. Ah, Chet. Chet. He's the host. <laughs> he's he's your one host, of them, Chet. Right? With me as always he's the elf. <laughs> oh, I uh, I had a thing that I saw last week float by that I thought you might be interested in. Was With, it a fish? It was. Um, I was on an inner tube. Um, no, the the story about Apple considering doing a uh, HDMI dongle version of the Apple TV uh, to potentially drive like uh people get people to come in and and buy stuff so they can watch apple tv content whenever that ends up debuting um which i thought was really interesting because i think we've taken shots at the apple tv before for being pretty overpriced and compared to a lot of the competition and i saw somebody this week on one of uh i think it was in the six colors member slack complaining about like can i like download movies locally onto my apple tv and when he was told no he's like yeah i really regret getting the whatever 64 gigabyte or whatever bigger yeah. version of the apple tv so, yeah, it's so like, do I. still the dumbest still the dumbest product apple makes um <laughs> and yeah i um i think a a, a dongle like uh apple tv would actually be pretty great i would love to have one that was more portable like the apple tv is pretty small but the the virtue of those uh, little you know sticks as you can take them uh like when you go on vacation or you can like me leave one in a hotel room and never see it again which is <laughs> that sounds great i want to do that <laughs> i want to just keep buying them <laughs> yeah 30 bucks out for that one mm. <laughs> just get a stack of them like uh, a... They'd st- i'm imagining it would still be a lot more expensive than the competitors because you can get like the chromecast for like 30 bucks or something like that yeah um but yeah, I don't know. That would be. I I think that would be a good move on their part because I like the Apple now, TV, but it is crazy overpriced. Now, there's it a way. Is. What's the? What's the, I can't remember. I haven't done this in a while. But what's the method of? Because uh, you have to put it on. Like if you go to a hotel, you have to put it on the hotel Wi-Fi. 
Yeah, which sometimes... So that's probably one of the issues they need to figure out how to work. Although I wonder if you could... They could easily do some secret sauce with, like, your iPhone, where you, like, got your iPhone on the network, and it, like, gave information probably to the Apple TV. Yeah, Chromecast, I think there's a, And I thought there was a way, like, that you could hide... Somehow hide it from, the, you know, everybody else in the network. Yeah, I think both the Chromecast and the... the um, was the Amazon Fire TV stick? I think they have workarounds for getting on the captive networks, and I think you could then could then protect it in some way, like require a password or whatever yeah. to actually watch stuff on it. Um, because I mean, for the Apple TV, you can usually create an AirPlay password, anyways. I think you can do that already to stop people from like randomly AirPlaying uh, to your Apple TV, and it also doesn't work <laughs> super great across like subnets. So depending on how you're building. Is like your hotel is wired that may not even be an option but now, i'm gonna float a crazy thought that i think seems less crazy after this week's apple music amazon news but if apple continues to make original video content i would have never given that they make an apple tv i would have never assumed that they would allow those v- mm. videos series to be streamed on other devices but i think it is slightly more possible than it used to be right like i have an amazon uh fire tv that i finally set up this past weekend that i bought like on prime day (laughs) and i have you know numerous rokus and i i have only an old apple tv and uh it would not shock me as much now as it would have before if suddenly apple said hey you can also log into your apple video collection on these other devices yeah because i don't think their hardware is taking off yeah i don't think that's out of the question i think they'd prefer to sell hardware to you but like i said earlier like if they want to build up their services they potentially need to be, especially in the case of set-top boxes, where they are not as dominant as they are in, say, smartphones or tablets. Like, I think you're yeah. right that they would probably want to appeal to other customers. May not happen right away, but I don't know. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, I don't think it's any crazier than anything else you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> makes as much sense to me. I, you know, I agree with you. I think that's a well-thought-out argument, Lex. Riveting. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Do you have a frog in your throat? <laughs> oh, this is why I came back. I love this show. <laughs> you have very low standards. I do. I do have very low standards, but they're always met, which is the great part about them. we're missing a lot of good frog content i'll bet uh are we are we done is that what you're suggesting would you be happy to be finished oh dear god (laughs) yep we're done